0: Hello, this is your host, Brian Hammond, and welcome to the Between the Lines podcast, where you will hear the personal backstories of my poetry and the experiences that go along with them. Be prepared for real, raw honesty as I read, reflect, and expose the emotions that went into writing them as we read Between the Lines. Hi, friends. It's me, Brian, again. Um I know it's been like three years since <laughs> since I recorded my last episode and put it out, but now we are back and we are in this, and we're gonna hopefully going to be back for a lot longer than than before. That's the plan anyway, and I'm really excited to to be re recording again and telling you the stories of of my poetry, um, and you know when I re-listened to the episodes that I put out, which was very recently um, because I honestly, I forgot that I had a podcast. (laughs) Um, But going back and listening to them uh, three years later, I realized how much like how good it was compared to how I thought it was when I was recording it originally. And so we're going to begin starting anew with a brand new episode. This episode is called "A Bunch of Bullshit." this This episode is going to be heavy, and it's going to be emotional, and it's going to be describing a in a, a relationship that really uh, transformed me as a, as a as a person. I would say. Um, yeah, definitely. Re, re, kind of transformed me into the person I am today. It led me to to going to therapy and to healing and fixing myself and dealing with the traumas that I that I experienced and kind of didn't share or deal with as as I was growing older. This entire relationship, this experience, happened to me when I was 25 years old. So a couple of years ago now. But it really is a really drastic, like event that has really just made me think and experience the world a little differently. This relationship is unhealthy. This relationship is toxic. Um, it's full of embarrassing <laughs> stories. It's a filled of embarrassing moments. And I'm excited for you guys to hear this. I'm excited for you to understand Where I am now in my life and where I was So get ready for this episode called a bunch of bullshit In March of 2019 I met Ashley on Instagram Um, She must have liked one of my posts or followed me and I'm I followed her back and from there um, We kind of started talking and it was kind of like just normal conversation. Um, I did notice that she was like very pretty and You know, I, I was obviously uh, attracted to her at some point, you know from the beginning and so I I asked her on a date and we we began um, Dating on our first date. I remember we went for a walk um, In Coeur Idaho, which is a beautiful like resort kind of town There's a big lake there and we walked around little malls and we <clears throat> We had a good time um, and After that date we continued dating um, Ashley did live in Spokane. Uh, she had Two kids, and for me to get from where I was living to her uh, was about a two-hour drive to see her. And by April, uh, I was staying over at her house, and I felt very secure in the relationship, um, which is which is a really a great thing to be able to feel secure in a relationship, even at, especially after like having relationships that where you're constantly feeling like you need to like to defend yourself not only was the relationship not only did it feel secure we were very uh we had a like a strong sexual chemistry also so i'll let you (laughs) let you figure out what that means um at the time i worked a swing shift At the job that I had. From like 3 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. And I'd go to see her after work. Which was about an hour and a half drive. So I'd get to her house. Around 1 o'clock in the morning. On the days that I would go visit her. I would visit her pretty often. uh, Three or four times a week. After work. And then I would usually see her on the weekends. By April 9th. Uh, She did give me a key to her house, so it was a lot easier for me to come in uh, after work. And so she didn't really have to be awake, and I would just be able to um, come over and let myself in and just kind of snuggle up with her in bed. Um, And around the same time, we were making plans of moving in together uh, at the end of April, which... In hindsight it seems a little bit fast. Um, We did meet in March and at the end of April we're planning to move in together. Um, I also met her family on Easter um, and I remember them being very kind of surprised that she brought home a guy Um, and I wasn't sure about why that was at first um, but it really makes a lot of sense now because Ashley just kind of got out of a relationship at that point and I felt like at that point um, I felt that her family was like oh this is this guy's like a rebound um, around the same time like I was spending time with our kids like we went to Easter egg hunts and we would like I would see them very often and you know when you involve kids in a relationship it becomes very serious like it's not only you that is in the relationship it involves the the children as well i will not give you my love just to take it away all the while i will not enter into your heart unless i intend to stay the relationship began pretty pretty securely and you felt pretty safe in the relationship but as time went on, there was a few instances where I felt that she wasn't completely over her ex. Um, they would text often and he would challenge her on like whether or not she was moving on and that she was happy and that she really wanted what she was currently doing, um, which was being in a relationship with me. And she would like communicate that with me. But she would never tell me like she obviously she would never show me the responses of like what she was saying. So it made it like, you know she would say that she was she wanted a relationship with me and that she wanted to move on from him, and that she wanted a future with me. And I believed her because I feel like you know she never gave me anything to not believe her about. But throughout the relationship, I felt like she wasn't being honest with me. Whenever I did bring up about how I was feeling, possibly about like that she was cheating on me or like she wasn't as being as being as honest as she said she was being, she would would call my communication of my feelings, and I quote, irrational insecurities. And she kept telling me that she would never cheat on me. Like I said before, she had an ex that she had kept in contact with. And from this point, my intuition told me that something was up. Around the end of April, uh, like April 28th, uh, we got in an argument about her suspicious activity that I thought was going on with her still talking to her ex um, and her not really... Like they were, it was consistently they were talking, and at the you know at the beginning I was just like I don't know, like I don't know what to say. But now that we're we're planning on moving in together, we're planning a future. Why are you still talking to him? You need to like let go, and I felt like that was probably the best thing to do if you were planning a future with somebody else. But on April 28th, we did get in an argument um, because she was acting kind of sketch. (laughs) Like there was some sus activity going on. And it would be the same argument every time. It would always pop up with, oh, I'm having like, I am having feelings that you you are cheating on me. And she would say, I would never cheat on you 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 just have your irrational insecurities looking back now and I can see it clearly obviously now but she was obviously gaslighting me and manipulating me you know I wanted to talk to her so we are fighting uh, about her suspicious activity of her texting her ex and how she was acting and at the end of the fight I ended it saying with like okay I'm done meaning I'm done with the fight I didn't want to argue about this anymore and then when I told her that I was done arguing with her she decided to leave and leave me at her house and that night she went out with her friends to a bar and I look back now and better communication would have really been wonderful in this situation um because because there was no communication at all she just cut it off completely and f- like i'm full of emotions at this point because i i'm wanting to find closure in this argument other than just being like hey i'm done and then she runs away you know that's not a healthy communication style so i decided to go to the bar that she was at which is this bar that she frequented on the weekends with her friends and so I kind of assumed she would be there wasn't completely sure but I I went to try to go find her and so when I arrived I walked in and I found her and she like avoided me for a good 2 minutes like she was like actively not wanting to talk to me and when I did finally get to talk to her she told me that I broke up with her and obviously I was very like, what? (laughs) I didn't know where, like I could see now that she thought when I told her that I was done, that she thought I was done with the relationship. So when she told me that I broke up with her and that the relationship is over and that she just wants me to leave. I I got pretty emotional you know I, I started crying <laughs> I started crying in the middle of the bar as I'm crying I like look at her and she is laughing at me and I'm surrounded by these people that I don't really know and they're wondering what's going on because it's a bar and they love drama and she's like laughing at me as I'm having a bad time <laughs> You mixed up my mind like the drinks you drank the night you laughed me out of a downtown bar. If only I would have walked away the first time those neon signs saw tears, and I love you was said inside of your car. You'd think that after that night, that she literally laughed at me because I was crying, (laughs) that that would be the end of it. Like, I wouldn't want to. Continue that relationship or continue seeing her because obviously she didn't care. She was laughing at me and that should be should have been the end of it. But I blamed myself for how the relationship ended. And we kept talking and she said things that she 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 continued to tell me that she still wanted us, that she didn't want me to move on. And essentially she kept me hanging on to nothing, but she claimed that she didn't want anyone else. We continued to see each other, um, and at this point it was very easy to see the red flags in this relationship. On May 7th, I started going to therapy for the first time. And up to this point in my life, I never felt like I needed someone to talk to. Like, I felt like there was no other option. I, my anxiety was insane. Uh, I had depression. Uh, I have and I soon found out that I had PTSD from other points in my life that I have not properly dealt with. So we continued the relationship, we continued to see each other, and I felt like the relationship was kind of back to normal, like we were able to, we were able to forgive each other for what happened, and we were moving right along. Two weeks later, on May 14th of 2019, I was at work, and while I was at work, she told me that she wished I was there so I could cuddle her. So I decided I was going to surprise her that night. And after work, I drove an hour and a half to see her. But the entire drive, I felt like something was off. I didn't know whether or not my, quote, irrational insecurities were to blame or if it was actually the truth. Of how I felt like I just felt something was so off and like it's the intuition that was telling me this and remember for the last couple of weeks she had been telling me that she still wanted me and no one else and so I I believed her but still that feeling was there so I wasn't too surprised when I pulled up to her house at 1256 in the morning, and I discovered that her ex-boyfriend's truck was in her driveway. And in this moment, I felt like every feeling of irrational insecurity wasn't irrational at all, and that I've been being cheated on this entire time, and that she has gaslit the shit out of me the entire relationship. His truck was parked in your driveway. Not only literally, though, it's also a vulgar sexual innuendo. I called her a few times to see if she'd answer, and she did not. Probably because she was busy with her (laughs) ex-boyfriend? I did have the thought of, like, going in, because after all, I still had a key to her house that she gave me. But I thought that would probably be a bad idea so I I just drove home and on my drive home I called one of my friends to distract me from my sadness um, which did not work uh, very well the next morning I called her and asked like what she did last night she said that she went to sleep after we spoke about her wanting me to come over and I asked her do you need to tell me something and that's when she knew that I knew. And she said to me,
1: Did you come over last night?
0: And when I told her that I did, she told me,
1: What I do in my free time is none of your business.
0: And I thought, like, I'm pretty sure that I'm your boyfriend and that what you do in your free time is kind of my business, I think. Probably. Again, I wish that this was the end of the this terrible experience. I wish that I would have just hung up and been done with it and like She just left me alone But she kept sending me messages even after I told her to leave me alone She sent me a text message that said
1: This will be the last thing that I say and I'll leave you be Brian. This is not how it looks. There is more than you can see from my driveway. Not that it takes away from the depth of this fuck up. I will own this and I will do what I can to move forward. But that will not be done with ease. I wish you the very best in everything, truly. I will always root for you no matter what place I have in your life, even if that place is as a stranger. You are the best thing that happened to me. I will cherish what we had. I'll always be here if forgiveness is ever found. Goodbye, Brian.
0: At this point, I did what I do best. I started writing about this terrible experience. I was looking for closure and understanding. You hijacked my mind with your pseudo-sense of security. You began your game by planting doubt in the topsoil of my mind. You reaped the fruit by methodically convincing me to trust you over my irrational insecurities. You drug me through the manure of the garden you tended. You kept me blind with the desire while hurting me along your green mile. But the moment your hands grasped for another, I got my first glimpse of the dark glow of my surroundings, lit by the lies and deceit of your gaslight. At this point, I had been in therapy for about a month, and I was working hard on healing myself and in search of growth. But then around June 6th, Ashley created a parody Instagram account in order to as an attempt to in order to hurt me further and her bio read gloves off game on and on this Instagram account that she had, she posted poems of mine, pictures of me and I'm not sure why she felt she needed to do this, but I saw it and many other people who also saw it saw it as a as kind of harassment and bullying and luckily Instagram's guidelines also saw it as harassment and bullying and the account was taken down pretty pretty quickly and After her account was taken down, I received a text from her that said,
1: Couldn't handle it, huh? I want you out of my life. You're such a coward, Brian Hammond. I wish you luck in life.
0: After that, things went silent, and I thought that was the end of it, and I could move on in peace. But you know what shows up unexpectedly where they aren't supposed to be? Monsters. On Saturday, June 29th, I was enjoying my life at my local favorite coffee shop when a monster showed up. Remember, Ashley lived two hours away from me, yet here she is walking down the sidewalk and into the same coffee shop that I am in. She walks right up to me, and I'm terrified she's not she's not supposed to be here and how how would she know that I'm here she speaks at me and tells me that I will never find love and other things that I missed because I was I was still in shock of her even being there I responded with like uh uh-huhs and okay she then puts my books that she had bought for me on the table and she walks away. And I'm still just stunned. After a few minutes, I look at the books and they have scribbles on them. On my book, Pathetic But Poetic, she crossed out But Poetic and drew an arrow to Pathetic and said, Accurate. On A Starving Artist, she crossed out The Starving Artist and underneath it wrote, Bunch of Bullshit. Inside the cover, she wrote, You are one fucked human. I was, I mean, pretty upset um, that she defaced my books, but I was very, very, like, confused as to why she still cared so much and, like, put so much effort into, like, finding me and saying what she needed to say because it's been it's been a month since we last spoke and i mean i was moving on with my life and she's out here practically stalking me angry at me still and i guess looking for new ways to try to hurt me if you're looking for a reaction that's something i cannot afford I thought you'd see over the last month that I'm done playing your games. I'm bored. After she showed up at the coffee shop, like how I would call a monster, I set the goal of writing a book about this entire experience. In order to find complete closure, and since she gave me a brilliant title that really encompasses the relationship, the book was to be called A Bunch of Bullshit. That day at the coffee shop was thankfully the last time that I saw Ashley, and I didn't hear from her until five months later when I received an email from her on Thanksgiving.
1: I'm betting this message won't reach you, but in the odd chance that it does, I want to take a second to apologize for the harm that I caused you. I did some not great things to you, but worse than that, I never believed that I was at fault. I am a runner and quick to place blame on anyone else but myself. I've finally come to realize that I am actually responsible for a lot of things that have gone wrong in many aspects of my life, not just during our time together. Turns out that I am in fact one fucked human. I'm not looking for a response. Nothing more than silence is what I expect. However, I felt it necessary to at least make an effort to tell you what you deserve. I'm sorry. I hope life treats you well and you continue to heal and grow. As for me, I will continue to seek help for my damage in an effort to keep myself from harming others. Happy Thanksgiving, Brian. Ashley.
0: In response to that email, I only responded with three words. I forgive you. Since that day, we haven't had any real contact with each other. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But what I know about Ashley today is that she is now married and had another child. I just want you to know, Ashley, that I'm forgetting the bad and holding on to the good. I also want you to know, Ashley, that if I had the choice to do this over, there's no way in hell that I would. To sum up today's episode, I just want to talk about how everybody listening... Deserves a healthy, respectful, honest, faithful relationship. You deserve to be respected and understood. You do not deserve to be gaslit, lied to, or deceived. You deserve someone who is honest and open and willing to give you what you deserve. I do not hate Ashley. But I do feel as if what she did to me, how she treated me, was completely unfair. And I understand that, and I know that now. Her apology on Thanksgiving, I felt was genuine. I felt she was being honest. I feel like her actions finally caught up with her to the point where she felt like, I need to I need to deal with myself, I need to work on myself, I need to talk to somebody, and I have to improve upon myself because my actions, my actions are hurting people. The fact that she understands that she has harmed people in her past, and not only me, I mean, she has she has had other relationships that obviously were not healthy, and My hope for her is that she finds happiness and peace and love. Even she deserves that. My thoughts on Ashley, my feelings on Ashley are neutral. I do not despise her. I am just using this experience as a way to grow and a stepping stone into becoming a better person. Everyone listening should know that you are worthy and you are lovable and the way that someone treats you does not define your worth? You are worthy of all things good, and I hope you remember that. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Between the Lines. You can follow me on Instagram at patheticbutpoetic. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening.